Listen up, maggots. We got targets inbound. So lock and load your senses and stand by for imminent contact. If you love beer, you're in the beer army. So grab a frosty brew and get ready. It's time to liberate your senses. It's Beer Army Engaged on Beer Army Radio. Hey, it's Mick here. And the general. Mick Dagger, that is. That's right. How have you been, man? Good. You look a little bit more perkier than normal. You're perkier than yeah. normal. I know we didn't get around to last week's show talking about your uh, your whirlwind Denver or Colorado trip. And uh, yeah, I was a whirlwind. So I do want to talk about it real briefly. How was it? I mean, everything was good. And mom looked great. And yeah, mom was great. And some great food. Uh, I'm sending hate mail because I didn't get awesome any green beers. chili enchiladas. Uh, I I had to bring beer back in my <laughs> my check luggage. You know, a good buddy of mine uh, hooked me up. He's a huge uh, supporter and fan of City Star Brewery in Berthoud, okay. Colorado, and they had a, a limited release, a special release of some sours. Cool. And he totally surprised me with the bottles, and I wanted to, to wow. bring those back here. Yeah, that's yeah. Oh, they were delicious, man. Like a, uh, a brown sour, yeah, uh, aged in what was it? It was aged in rum barrels with Colorado Palisade peaches. Wow. Can't wait to try that. It was aged for like a year, 17 yeah. months oh, or something like that. Really good. And then another one was a, just a sour rye pale ale. Hmm. Aged. A rye pale. Yeah. yeah. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Aged in oak barrels. So oh. I can't wait to try that one. Well, cool, man. But uh, other than that, uh, everything else was good. Trip was uneventful. You didn't have to do any stupid travelers or uh, dumb delays well, um, or anything. It's just it's the nature of the beast anymore. <laughs> delays are just inevitable. Yeah. My first uh, flight was canceled for no apparent reason. So it messed up all my connecting flight and everything else. We but, don't have a pilot. Uh, I'll be your pilot, you know. But uh, just well, nature cool. of the beast. Well, it's good to have you back, dude. It's uh, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, well, it's it's a uh, it's good to be back. I've had a, you know, I've had a week to settle. Yeah. So right. Good, good. Uh, well, I want to remind everybody that uh, tickets for the Seventh Annual Brew Burn are on sale. So get your tickets, get your tickets, get your tickets. Uh, I know House of Mouse Scott's been working on uh, different breweries, getting them in there. Um, it's really cool. It seems like we have them flow as we're getting more and more uh, self-distributed, smaller breweries. They're mm-hmm. rodering up. So we're really, really – I'm always kind of excited now to see what is listening. I don't see because I'm not working it anymore, the list. And so at the, I get it by like a week, and I'll be like, oh, cool, you got this and you got them. And Nice. So, But you did talk about a brown ale that was being soured with some plums or whatever. Yeah. Speaking of brown peaches. ales – Or peaches, I'm sorry. Speaking of brown ale, we are featuring from uh, – and I couldn't believe we haven't featured a beer from them before, but Carolina Brewing Company out of Holly Springs, North Carolina – that is uh, southwest of Raleigh. That is just below Apex. If you remember last week, we talked about Blueprint, and mm-hmm. they're in Apex. So they are, you know, Holly Springs is literally the next town over. But again, I look at it as one big metropolis area of what we call the Raleigh Triangle. Um, it's Carolina Brewing Company's Brown Ale. It's coming in at 4.9% ABV. You can get more information from them at carolinabrew.com. That's carolinabrew, B R E W.com. So the first thing that I like about this bottle is that it has a bottle date. And it tells yeah, me that this beer that. was bottled uh, less than two months ago. And I'm digging that. That tells me it's fresh, especially with a beer that's only 4.9%. You know, you want to know that. And the cool thing is it's not some crazy-ass code or I don't need a, what is it, the Voltron decoder ring or, you know, <laughs> out of my Captain Jacks or Apple Jacks or whatever. No, I mean, I can read the damn thing. It's month, day, year, you know. I mean, how easy is that, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's pouring a nice brown with uh, some, I would say there's like like there's amber on the edges, you know, when you look it up to the light. Yeah. I mean, if you if you kind of put it all the way up to the light, like right in the middle, it looks brown. And then, like I said, it goes, there's amber on the edges. Um, 
it, surprisingly, the head was white, though. That kind of threw me off. Like, I wasn't expecting the head when we poured it to be white. Um, you know, it settles down to a thin film, and, you know, there's a little bit of lacing going on, stuff like that, which is be expected out of 4.9%. I mean, the, the thing is, when you think brown ales, you start thinking scaling up, even though traditionally they weren't. They were right. down this range. Uh, the aroma of toasted malt, caramel, toffee, biscuit, and I get a little bit of toast in there. Uh, flavor is similar. It's very malt forward. You get the caramel and some of that bready toast. Uh, hops are lightly there in the back, but um, and there's just a little bit of a floral flavor that I'm picking up. Um, I would say the mouthfeel and body. Nice gulp. I heard good. that. It's a good beer. <laughs> mouthfeel and body is low to medium with carbonation being the same. I, I would say it, it finishes sweet. Uh, it, this is a very easy drinking, sessionable brown ale that has more in common with its British cousin than uh, its American brother, I would say. <laughs> you know, I mean, most American brown ales are going to be hoppier. They're going to be uh, a little bit more beefier and stuff like that. And uh, But for an English brown ale, this to me is like, I, I would say almost right in there. I don't know if that's exactly the style they're going for because it just says brown ale, but well, I'll tell that's you, what I think of. You've, you've mentioned it before, and a lot of people get so fascinated with what they come to expect with styles from other beers yeah. and what's become popular that a traditional style can be lost on a lot of palates. Mm-hmm. And this one, to me, it's very delicious. Yeah. You you do vertical comparison to what people have come to assume a brown ale should be, you know, in higher gravity right. and all that other stuff. This, of course, it, since it is a lower ABV, it's it's going to seem a, a little lighter. But I'll tell you what, man. You, you said sessionable. You nailed it. This yeah, is no. Freaking I, well, delicious. the thing is, I would drink this in the summer. You know, yeah. I know so many people get in their mind like, oh, dark beers winter, light beer summer. I don't. I drink I drink whatever hell I want to drink. drink what I want when I want. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, I would definitely call this a six-pack beer. Shit, I would call this a case beer. You know what I mean? Like, I could drink a case of this. I mean, not one sitting, obviously, because I am – uh, responsible. You could put it in your fridge as a go-to. Exactly. Yeah. As a go-to beer where it's like, and the nice thing is I could see doing burgers, uh, steak oh. on the grill, any kind of meats or caramelized or whatever. I think this would this would pair up. The really, malts really well. in this would go really well, even with a little bit of spice in it. Yeah, your even food. spice. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. So I, I think it's a, uh, it's a really good beer. It's a really uh, strong offering. And uh, yeah, just, I just think, well, I don't think people will appreciate it enough. And I don't say that being snobbish. I guess I it's mean. just that, like you were kind of already hitting to or alluding to, in this barrel-aged life that we live in and big and, you know, I don't know, man. It just seems like like a regular IPA to an American IPA. Like, we just kind of lose it, that whole shift, that, that Loopland shift. Well, I kind of feel the same thing with uh, uh, darker beers and stuff. Like, I want to call it the wood shift or the barrel-aged shift. It's like, you know, I, I don't know. If it isn't quadrupled, freaking, you know, 10%, 11%, 12%, and, you know, a bourbon barrel, it just, I don't know, it gets lost somewhere. Well, all it takes is, <clears throat> honestly, all it takes is, if, if you are a, a, a craft beer fan, if you love drinking beers, don't relegate a style of beer to what one brewery brews for right. that style. There, there are multiple takes on it. There's, excuse me, different variants. No, I'm with you. I'm with so, you. It, just IPAs alone. I mean, yeah. geez. There's East Coast, well, Northeast, New well, England, all, West yeah. Coast. I mean, there's... Yeah, black, white, red, freaking wheat, Belgian, you know, yeah. all IPAs, you know. Yeah. But, um, so, the cool thing uh, was we were just at CBC Carolina Brewing Company not too long ago and because they just opened up their tap room last year. So, we got a chance to get down there, which I couldn't believe because if you look in the bottle, it says 1995. So, that's 20 years. And, uh-huh. you know, so we're like, what? That doesn't seem to make sense. You know, you're just getting a tap room that you're, you know, you're opening up to celebrate the 20th anniversary. I'm going to talk about that. But real quickly, the history, it was conceptualized in 1992 by Greg Shook, John Shook, and Joe 
uh, zone in, in Seattle while homebrewing in a basement. I mean, how many times have we heard that yeah. before, right? Uh, in 1993, they toured the Southeast for a new market to open their brewery after the perfecting their recipes. And then Carolina Brewing Company was founded in 1995 on 3 July, selling their, their flagship pale ale. And don't get this confused with Carolina Brewery, which was also founded in 1995, but that's located up in Chapel Hill, so not too far away. And I'm one of those guys that all the time, because there's Carolina Brewing Company, there's Carolina Brewery. Uh, there used to be Carolina Beer Company before Foothills bought it, you know, right. which was out. I mean, it used to get really confusing, like who's who in the zoo, because everybody wants to use the word Carolina. But um, in 2011, John Shook exits and then enters Mark Heath and Van Smith, who were big fans, volunteer brewers and bottlers, and they joined as partners. So it's pretty cool. And and we know Mark pretty well, and he's a big Beer Army fan, and he always comes out and supports, whether it's our pub crawls and our uh, festivals and everything, just a really great guy, and we really appreciate his support. So 2015 was a big year as they opened a tap room to celebrate their 20th anniversary, and they did a whole rebrand. And I really love uh, the labeling and the six-packs, and everything fits the brand better or more than it did before in the past and what i really like is when you see their six-pack carriers on a shelf even though they're different brands they might have a little bit different coloring the line head is right on the edges so when you have two even if it's two different brands the line head forms and it continues cbc and so you get this nice mural type effect and i think that's very ingenious so obviously they put some time and energy into thinking about how they are presented on the shelf how they look because that's what it is. You're selling yourself. I mean, the packaging is there to sell. When nobody's there to talk about the beer, that's the next thing, you know. So, um, yeah, so I think, you know, kudos on that. I think they did a really great job. And then um, uh, also they did, uh, besides the rebrand, they did the um, uh, launch their, anniver- or their tap room that we were just talking about for, for last year or whatever. And so we're kind of working on with them right now, trying to hopefully do an event. We, we're not going to talk much about it right now, but. We're hoping that we can do something with them later on this year, so we're pretty excited about that. It would be great. It's just the potential for that being there is absolutely awesome. Yeah. Because no, this is a great beer. Their branding, absolutely amazing. I love that, and I love how raw and earthy yeah. their branding is. They're currently distributed in 52 counties of Central and Eastern North Carolina, but they uh, they have plans to be statewide by the end of the year. Um, the, the thing about the lion, so I was asking them about this. So the lion is a traditional brewing symbol. And legend has it before refrigeration, you know, you would store your beers in caves and you would lager in caves. And the lion was perched on the mouth of the cave to protect the tasty liquids, supposedly. Uh, uh. But uh, I've talked to the folks, uh, Mark and everybody else at CBC. They haven't been able to confirm that story. But after a few beers, it, it seems more likely than to be true. You know? <laughs> <laughs> seems like everything's more likely to be true when you're drinking a few beers. That's true. <laughs> One of the cool things, though, I do want to give them a shout out is that they were recognized in February for their huge commitment to the National MS Society. Uh, owner Greg Shook's wife has MS, and since 2000, he and him and uh, Team uh, Carolina Brewing Company have raised over one million dollars. And they have one; wow. they have a huge team, and they come here every year in New Bern, and when they're camping out in Union Point, part of that big MS drive right, yeah. uh, in October or whatever. I think it's October. Um, maybe it's September. I know it's in the fall. Mm-hmm. And so it's really, really cool to see that. I know um, them and, you know, um, Raleigh Brewing Company, they also have a team that rides and stuff like that. So I just thought that was really, really cool, though, that they were re- they were recognized and they had a whole um, – it was in the in the papers and everything else and news and stuff like that. And I just – that's pretty amazing. That's a, that's a huge accomplishment. So 
good on them and good for, uh, you know, giving back to the community and, and using beer to be a vehicle to do that, I guess, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, well, yeah. you know better than anybody what that's about. Yeah, no, I know that. But I mean, I just think it's impressive to donate a million dollars. It's like, holy crap, man. That's a lot of money, dude. <laughs> well, good on them. Great yeah. minds think alike, man. And and for those of you, get all the information you need. This beer, absolutely delicious, is Carolina Brewing Company's Brown Ale. Uh, more sessionable brown ale, great flavor. And uh, check them out. Link to with the information in the show notes. You can link to Carolina Brewing Company as well. And uh, definitely peruse, support, and celebrate. Because that's what it's all about here. We enjoy beer. We imbibe beer. But most importantly, we utilize it as a facilitator to do good. So hit up beerarmy.org for more information as well. So a lot of options for you. And stick around. Our heroes never die coming your way. And you got something good for this week, man. They do. We got to love our boys in blue, man. We got to love them. Hell yeah. (laughs) We'll stick around. Go AWOL with Beer Army Radio. We're online and mobile at beerarmy.org. Every soldier needs quality gear. Get yours at beerarmy.org. Hats, t-shirts, and more. Show Murphy he can't keep you down and announce to the world that you're in the Beer Army. Go to beerarmy.org. Do it. Uh, By the way, Murphy's a bitch. It's Beer Army Engaged on Beer Army Radio. I think I need another beer here, man. I'm down already down to my yeah. glass here. Came right back in with a burp. Did you hear that? <laughs> I did. Oh, <laughs> this is a great beer. This it is. Carolina Brewing Company's Brown Ale. I'm loving it, man. Uh, speaking of closing out this beer, uh, scholarship season did close, and we had about 50 finalists that we ended up submitting to the selection committee. So they are awesome. off to the selection committee. Uh, the uh, the old what I call the CPA uh, scattered around the country or actually around the world because one's in Japan. <laughs> so I said, "Hey, wow, you dirty bastards! I need the I need these results in a couple of weeks, you know." So and then we aggregate the scores and then we start notifying winners or recipients um, so they can start planning for the fall semester or whatever. So pretty exciting, very looking forward to it. So that's awesome, man. And, and then just uh, the fact we're able to do that, it's just uh, I don't know, just always puts a smile on my face. Yeah, me too. It, it's it isn't easy. You know, that's the thing no. too, is it isn't easy to pull it off. You're trying to raise money and everything else like that. It isn't, I think sometimes I wish I took more stock and that was one of the things like this week and I did a long run and during that long run, I was kind of like, like appreciation uh, for people like you and house mouth Scott and just everybody else that helps all of our supporters, all of our listeners, you know, that helps make the things possible. And, um, but, but then also appreciating like, Hey, it is hard work. Uh, I think it's so easy uh, for us to, for me, I'm always dismiss, I'll just dismiss it and I guess move on to the next objective. Like you're so objective oriented, right. you don't yeah. appreciate what it took to get there, I guess. It's kind of a curse. I mean, it's a blessing, but it's a curse too. It's it just, it's weird, but um, yeah. Well, so. I'd say your military mind. I mean, yeah. that's one of those things you, you, you take what you've learned from the past, but then you just, you just move on to the next. Yeah. But speaking of the scholarships, one of the ways that we pay for those scholarships is through the, uh, the raffle ticket that we have going on. So you can go online or you can buy a raffle ticket to, for a chance to win a, an all expense paid trip to a great American beer festival. Um, it's a real good deal. $5 raffle ticket and a chance to win. I think those are pretty good odds. That's and we're, absolutely and we're, awesome. And we're not going to sell no more than 5,000 tickets. So, um, yeah, that's that's a big piece of uh, enabling us to do these scholarships. So you know, please, uh, you can get more information by going to uh, um, the beerarmy.org slash raffle, and you can get your raffle tickets online. And uh, and yeah. as well, for those of you that are going to be making it out to Brewburn, mm-hmm. there's an opportunity to buy tickets yep. there yep. as well. So make yep. sure you keep an eye out for for that because uh, it's like you said, man, it's trip to GABF. 
Or, can't, can't go wrong. Or, or you know, I'm also, since we're talking about it, or uh, Frog Level, uh, Feeling Froggy Day, which will go June 4th. We had it June 11th, but we had, there was a conflict, so we moved it to June 4th, which was where it was at last year, the first Saturday in June. So we'll be selling them there, too. So oh, yeah. Uh, if you have little kids hitting you up, that's me. I'm the guy that brings kids to a brewery, you know, but <laughs> I'm like that, you know. So if they're hustling you to buy a damn raffle ticket, buy a damn raffle ticket. Yeah, raffle tickets for GABF or Beer Armies, Girl Scout cookies, I guess. Just don't be the one, like, uh, with my daughter, when you, when the guy said, oh, all I got is credit. I got no cash. No problem. We take credit. <laughs> <laughs> oh geez good time nonetheless and that that reward and possibility of a trip out there to gabf absolutely awesome awesome and right now though it is that time here on the program where we dive into the awesome that that people are doing in their communities stepping in the gap for others because when everything falls apart around you or you find yourself in a situation where something should be done you honestly do you never know Who's going to step in that gap? Mick, I think uh, we've talked about police all the time. We've talked about, you know, uh, some of the hate and discontent. And, you know, there's some bad apples. But it, it always amazes me seeing officers do things, putting themselves in situations. Uh, I guess I would say that goes beyond the job description. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so recently here in uh, Chattanooga, we had a police officer kind of responding to a, um, a woman who was threatening to leap from a bridge. And we got some dash cam and uh, footage, and we have his body mic. So it's a little bit, it might be a little bit hard to kind of understand some of it, but uh, just give us a listen. Hey, come here. Can I talk to you? Hey, can I talk to you? What's going on? Okay, hey, I'm, I'm right here. Just trying to buy time, you know. Trying oh, to talk yeah. off the ledge. Smart. Wow, man. Wow. Just trying to talk off the ledge, right? What What's crazy is if you continue watching the video. So what happens is he, you saw him move kind of like past the squad car, right? Because uh-huh. there's really nothing else to hear any at that point. There's other couple cops that came up in support of him. They're, if you hear over the radio, they're trying to say, "Shut down the bridge." keep traffic from coming and did you see the one couple they have a they have a, like a stroller they're right there next to her yeah and it's like almost like they're part of the problem not part of the solution it's like grab that oh shit, i thought you know? the cop was off duty and was one standing next to no her. no 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 so if you keep watching oh, the wow. video that's just a couple with a baby so he moves off so the cop that you saw move across that's the disturbing hood. they're just standing right there by her, yeah not like doing anything right like hey, what if you go to right like I'm, i was waiting for them what are we going to do do a damn selfie here or something so the one that walked across the, the hood of the car, walked past it, he comes around behind her because that pillar was right there. And he says, he said that um, if she rolled to the right, she would have fallen into the water. Mm-hmm. So he moved into her blind spot. And then there's two other officers that came in support. And you see them come in. But they must have been like, 
had her attention. He just makes a run dash. He grabs her. I mean, she gets kind of body slammed a little bit, not on purpose, but he's trying to pull her off to make sure that, you know, when you commit, you got them. And, yeah, yeah. and so she kind of hits the, uh, you know, the concrete kind of hard. And then the people, the stroller kind of get out of the way. It's like, really, man? You know, it's like, so yeah. So who we're talking about is officer Steven uh, meter from, uh, and again, he's the, the heroic Chattanooga police officer that, that pulled this woman to safety. It turns out we, we assume that the woman was Mackenzie Taylor because on a post from the police department's Facebook page talking about this event, she wrote that, thank you for saving my mother's life. Uh, officer meter responded saying, you're welcome. I hope she's okay. So I'm sorry. So Mackenzie Taylor must be the daughter. Mm-hmm. So it, it's really confusing though. And when they showed up, the woman had left her driver's license face up on the sidewalk, which Meter said is a common indication of a suicide attempt. So, you know, he just figured this is for real. I'm going to take it as real. And the thing is, when I talk about, you know, going outside your job description, I don't know how much training they get on, you know, suicide or whatever, talking people down. They usually have people that are get additional training in the department. Mm-hmm. But when you're the first responder on the scene, man, you got to take it. You got to assess the situation. You got to call your shot. And, you know, you can see he's already, you can hear. You don't you know, even have to see it. Just listen to it. You can tell he's trying to buy time. And, hey, you got a cigarette? No, I got one. Okay, you need a light? You know, it's like just anything to keep them talking. Yeah, smart. real smart, real heads and up. not so. talking about what's happening at the moment, distracting them from what's going on at the moment. You right. don't want to remind them of what they're right. wanting right. to do or give them reason to do it. But she, um, well, he said that when she eventually st- stood up on the ledge, she looked down and said, I'm done. And I, I, I guess that's when he, like, he just wasn't sure if she's going to jump or what then at that point. But, um, mm. again, he moved out of the woman's sight, and he ran towards her from behind, grabbing her and um, grabbing her and pulling her back by her jeans and down from the ledge. And, I mean, yeah, again, she had some abrasions on her shoulder and her cheek, but, you know, she's in stable condition. And um, he even checked up on her in the hospital just to see, you know, if everything's all right. And, um, you know, the cool thing is that, the this person even said she goes people try to make officers out to be terrible but officer meter saved my mother's life and i can't thank him enough you know and i I just yeah i think that's awesome man it's cool that i don't know that we get i mean it's scary that we capture that stuff but i think it's really important that we document it again what people are doing what, what great actions they're doing and even though it's a great credit upon himself, I think it's a great credit upon the Chattanooga Police Department because that, to me, is an indicator or indicative of the type of people that they have in their ranks. Yeah, know? yeah. Which, which goes back to my point that you can't judge a whole, you know. I mean, if you're going to judge a whole organization by a couple of bad things, well, then you need to judge an organization by a couple of good things, right? I mean, you you'd know? think it would work that way, you know? but yeah. no, it doesn't seem to work that way. So. Uh, I'll tell you, it's it's this this soundbite meme. Twitter post era. Yeah. People uh, want to believe what they want to believe, but they don't want to dive into the full details. They just want what's going to jive with what they're feeling and thinking at the moment. Yeah. It's it's crazy. I'm glad you shared this, man. Because yeah, that's no, good stuff. Good on that officer meter, and uh, it's just a great story. And tragic that it, it it had to to unfold with somebody's attempt. Yeah, no, I'm with you. At, or, or potential attempt at suicide, but... Um, Hopefully she can get the help she needs and can overcome this, man. Because she's given a, a, an opportunity here. Good on you. That Get more information on this story. Watch the video. See how it all unfolds. Just hit up a beerarmy.org. You can link to Beer Army Engaged right there. As well on iTunes, just double-click the Beer Army Engaged logo. That'll take you to the show notes, and you can link right there on your device, your phone, your tablet, whatever you're 
you're on there, and uh, there's just so much shaking. So many back episodes of Beer Army Engaged. A lot of great beers featured. This episode, we're featuring Carolina Brewing Company's Brown Ale. Absolutely delicious beer. Definitely find out more information in the show notes. And stick around, because we're ready to laugh. We've got some crazy and insane stuff to get to. I know you've uh, generated (laughs) some interesting stories you've dug up there, Dustin. Yeah, no, it never seems to amaze me of what... uh... I don't know, the insanity that we call the world that we live in. Just simply so. getting just simply getting the link to a story about man frustrated with other people having sex. Just <laughs> was like, oh, great. This is going to be an interesting yikum to sue. Nice. So get ready because there's just some shit you can't make up. Hey, mothers, lock up your daughters. It's Mick Dagger and the General. <clears throat> this seems really dry in here. You got a dehumidifier going or something? No, not that old. Beer Army Engaged on Beer Army Radio. On the battlefield of beer, an informed soldier is a good soldier. Learn more about the Beer Army Foundation. Go to beerarmy.org. Get informed about beer, upcoming events, festivals, and community outreach that the Beer Army provides and supports. The revolution starts with you at beerarmy.org. Beer Army Engaged. Hey, don't forget BeerArmy.org, your resource for getting that awesome Beer Army gear. There's some really cool stuff up there. And from what I understand, there's a new T-shirt that's been added. Yeah, we finally got the Thank God shirt up. That's all thanks to House Mouse Scott, and he was actually riding me. So, uh, you know, let him be the one to take the lead for once. I'm impressed, you know. (laughs) I don't know where to come from. And, of course, pledging. Pledging your support. uh, Become a Beer Army Super Soldier. You can get more information by going to BeerArmy.org slash pledge. And we have different levels, get different um, swag that you can't buy. The only way you can get it is by pledging. And then, of course, our store, you just click on the little shop icon, and it'll take you to our Shopify site. And yeah, yeah. all the goods. We've got all the goods, man. Well, that pledging is, is so important because that's what keeps the Beer Army Foundation moving forward and doing the great things we do, like the scholarships yes. that yes. are given away every year. So definitely find out more information. And if you don't fully understand the backstory on a beer army, definitely get that. You can see, and I highly encourage everybody to watch that awesome video that was made. Thank you. Uh, that's right there on the landing page for beerarmy.org. That'll give you the story. That'll yeah, help you quick, understand yeah, why quick overview. Yeah, I have, I find and have given uh, my my heart and, and effort here to uh, to do what I can with uh, promoting Beer Army because it's just a powerful organization and doing great things and all through the facilitator that is beer. So good on you for putting this together, man. Sweet. And uh, right now, though, you got to put that seriousness aside because uh, what keeps me grounded is some of the insanity that unfolds around me. Not that I participate in, but that just reminds me that, wow, I'm sane. <laughs> You're sane. Yeah. Or saner. Well, I'm saner, yeah. Yeah, good point there. But there's just some stuff that happens in this crazy world you can't make up. So let's yuck them to Sue. Hey, we can't, this guy cannot avoid a news cycle. Do you know who I'm referring to? It's got to be your man, capital T, capital R, capital UMP. My man? No, I don't know. And Donald Trump. He's the salvation. He's the next, I mean, you think he's the next messiah or something. I think this guy's like a human Teddy Ruxpin. He just pulls a string and he doesn't even know what he's going to say. Dude, he said some things. I mean, I don't know. What's amazing is how much free press he gets, though, because of it. And I think that's it's helping. It's sad. It's well, a I sad it, state of affairs for our yeah. media when they give him all the attention they do. But to get a load of this, uh, here's some audio of Trump at a rally in Buffalo, New York, earlier this week. And listen to how he refers to the tax on 
the attacks on 9-11. I think what I want to do is I want to talk just for a second. I wrote this out and it's very close to my heart because I was down there and I watched our police and our firemen down on 7-Eleven, down at the World Trade Center right after it came down. Did you hear that? He referred to 9-11 as 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven. Yeah. Hmm. Go Trump. (laughs) 7-Eleven. Yeah, I was down there on 7-Eleven. It's getting uh, a slurpee. He got. He just got it. Listen, he just got his days a little mixed up. Or yeah, come on now. You can't. You can't be hating. I'm sorry, but that's just the date that. Uh, yeah, no, I'm with you, dude. 9/11. I don't know how the hell it rolls off. 7-Eleven. Maybe. Uh, maybe he had a slurpee on the mind. I think you're right. A big gulp. He wanted a big gulp. <laughs> you know. I mean, after hearing, after seeing his hair, I, you need to gulp. You, you need know? a cheese stuffed Doritos or something. something they sell those there, right? Yeah. So. Well, you know, I understand that 9-11, 7 they're close, but seriously, I mean... I don't know. I don't get it. I, you can't I, have as many missteps in speeches as he has. I think if you can be inside and his... And be a viable presidential candidate. I think if you could be inside his head, it would be interesting. You know, if you could just be a character inside his head, like that uh, that one cartoon, Inside Out or whatever, where you got the different characters in there for different emotions, and it's like... It must be really interesting. <laughs> well, he'd be, if he were president, I mean, he'd be like talking to a, uh, you know, dignitaries or other <laughs> other leaders of other countries, and he's like, "Your wife's a whore." <laughs> what? No, your wife is horrible at doing things that are bad for the world, so she's good at it. That's what I meant to say. Your wife is a horrible. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what an idiot. All I know is we're, we're shaping for a, a battle royale here at this, um, I guess, the GOP convention or whatever. And then, of course, the general election, I think, is going to be very interesting, regardless of whether um, on the Democrat side who gets in there. But oh, uh, man. Yeah. but speaking of battle royale, <laughs> I got an interesting battle royale for you. Yeah, dude. what do you have? So I don't know if you remember, uh, I think it was, was it TNT or maybe it was TBS. Um, they used to have those Battle of the Bots where they put robots in. They <laughs> yeah, battle yeah. Or whatever. I used to love that show. I thought that was a great little show. You know, I don't know battle if they still got bots. it. Up. Yeah, Battle Bots. All right, all right. Well, how about for real? Like people inside, like not some sci-fi shit. I'm talking about the real deal, dude. I mean, here, for, before I talk about it, give this a listen. Just There ain't, much, there ain't no commentary. There's just sounds, though. I want you to tell me what you think this is. Oh my god. It's crazy. These are two front loaders battling it out. Yeah. <laughs> then there's a couple more that come in. Oh my god. One guy jumps out after he gets flipped. What the heck is going on? This is right on a city street. Oh! <laughs> Oh, we totally knocked that one over. <laughs> and then he tries to get on the one that's still moving. Oh my god, there's like five of them battling it out. And he's lifting the other one. Yeah, trying to. Oh my god, that is insane. So what's going on here is that there's workers from two rival construction companies in China decided to settle their differences in a highly unusual matter using... Uh, like you, well, the, the the press release says bulldozers, but it's front end loaders to do demolition derby style battle. 
That's insane. <laughs> so it ended up being six total, and they're on the streets of a, of a downtown um, city in China, man, and they're just going to freaking town, man. And uh, more drivers enter the fray. One even tries to unsuccessfully lift the, the uh, one of his fallen comrades up. <laughs> the other one tries to jump on, which I couldn't believe. Like, I would not get in the cab of another one while it's moving. You might get ran over by the size of those tires, but it's just crazy, dude. So uh, at least two front-end loaders were flipped over in the streets. All six were damaged to some degree. And then, uh, luckily, uh, it pretty much ended abruptly once police arrived on the scene. So, uh, oh my god, yeah, yeah. wow, <laughs> some crazy shit. That though. was worth just watching. That, <laughs> yeah, it's like wow. That's yeah, really definitely happy. hit up the the show notes and that link to this so you can see it for yourself. <laughs> and it's happening right there in the city street. <laughs> I know, that's what I'm saying. It's crazy. There's shops on the road. Yeah, all this other yeah. stuff. Oh my god, wow. Hey, I got a crazy story for you. Summer's yeah. coming. The weather's uh, here been really warm. Yeah, the uh, kids even had a uh, like swimsuit day or whatever. I don't know, with water guns or whatever the hell running around. Cause it was wow. So. Well, speaking of water guns, how about in Texas, man? Look, you've heard of don't bring a gun to a knife fight? Yeah, absolutely. Or don't bring a knife to a gunfight? Right, right. Like uh, Sick Puppies. It's one of my favorite yeah. songs. Well, don't bring a real gun to a water gun fight, apparently. Oh, Get a load of this. Happened in a Houston suburb, I guess before all the rain fell and flooded. A playful Saturday afternoon, family gathering with friends and a water gun fight at this spring home became dangerous when somehow a real loaded gun got into the mix. Why would you bring a gun to a barbecue and... I mean, what are you doing with a gun in the first place to a barbecue? 15-year-old Micah Stewart and his friends saw the immediate aftermath. Well, we saw the man after they was playing with the water gun fight, and he was getting his clothes, and they was dry. And he so happened had a gun in between, and when he came out with it, he spent it around. He accidentally shot the girl. Two shots went off. Precinct 4 Constable's Office investigators could not confirm his account, but said the shooting appeared accidental and a 9mm was involved. Wow. Why would you be showing off with a real... I mean, I'm trying to put the process here. It's a water gun fight. They're yeah. shooting squirt guns, right? <clears throat> I'm, I'm trying to... Are they doing like Old West gun tricks or something? And this guy's like, well, yeah, guess what? Yeah, that Check this out. Wow. I got a real gun. Watch this. I'm going to spent it. I'm assuming it must be an adult with a real gun. I don't know. An idiot adult. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know dude. I don't know. How, I don't understand how the hell that happens. I don't, I don't know where, like, I don't know. Hey, man, I got a barbecue this Sunday. Do I need to bring anything? Chips? <laughs> sodas? Just bring your gun. Burgers? Nine millimeters? <laughs> Just bring your gun. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that's crazy, dude. Welcome to this world. Uh yeah. Uh, let's let's dive in and wrap it up with this uh, interesting story you've brought to the table. Okay. In regard to uh, a man frustrated about sex, what's going on with this? Uh, not exactly, but uh, he's not frustrated. He's frustrated with people having outside in the park they lives close by. So he's done his own neighborhood watch type thing. He's got a bunch of cameras up there, and uh, uh, supposedly his name he's just going by Marty because he doesn't want to be identified. But he's just a California citizen that's fed up with shit that's going on that should be happening behind closed doors because of uh, you know kids and other people in the neighborhood and, and I don't know getting exposed to it but uh, supposedly he's recorded some 50 sex acts and he's you know other things like uh, drug use and all kinds of other stuff so um, yeah, I don't know but yeah so there's a you know this is one of those um, well you'll, you'll see what I'm saying how they cover it so okay I have seen 
and recorded probably 50-some sex events. This couple is getting frisky out in the open for any passerby to see. Afterwards, they adjust their clothing, then take off. Here, another couple cuddles, then gets behind the wheel and drives away. And these lovebirds climb into the back of their car. As things get steamy, Marty, the neighborhood watchman, actually confronts them. I'm just a guy that is protecting my neighborhood and my family. Marty, who asked us not to use his full name, is a concrete salesman. He says when he moved into the neighborhood, he loved the park. By day, it's a scene of pleasant, family-friendly activities where children play. But it's another story at night. Check out this guy who appears to be rolling a joint. Marty calls you, you the like, cops you like and the music? issued a warning. In this video, it looks like teens are drinking beer. There's the Corona case in the back seat. Wow. Yeah, wow. so it just kind of goes on and on. I mean, part, at part when I first started watching, I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is good. You know, he's doing something good, right? But then it's kind of like, I don't know, man. Well, what is he, wanting to organize a glow run around the park? Or uh, play with glow-in-the-dark frisbees and want his kids to be out there in the park? To be honest with you. Flashlights? I, I, don't, I don't understand. To be honest with you, I kind of feel like both sides of the equation are kind of messed up in a little bit. But, you know. Well, they are. The police are saying, hey, it's good because it helps us to prosecute cases or whatever. But, um you know, again, obviously not everybody thinks he's doing the right thing. You know, one person, one critic saying that people deserve their privacy, um, you know, but however, you know, you know, he thinks that people think that he's trying to shame him, but he's saying I'm not, you know, but he's just trying to, you know, this neighborhood watch thing. And but then there's his neighbors who and the sheriff's department who totally express their support. I don't know, dude. I mean, well, I, I don't Not that I should be judged. Well, like, yeah, for instance, like the one case, the, the couple's inside the car and they're getting it on. They're inside a like. I feel like you should be going in there, racking on there, like you're somebody's father. You know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, if it was, if it was because they're not kids; they're the, adults. The, the creepy thing is, is he, apparently he set up these cameras. Yeah, on a on a pole, which I can't believe is legal because that looked like city property or whatever. So I don't and know. he's he's recorded. So he's spending a lot of time focusing on this. <laughs> yeah, yes. So he's making it an issue that he's involving uh. himself in. For look. First time doing this and alerting the police to yeah. the activity here, it's up to them to do their patrols right. And, right. and all this other stuff. Of course. But he seems to be going above and beyond inserting himself yeah, he into... He does. I think he's going to get his ass shot one of these times, but uh -huh. I don't know. I thought it was just kind of weird. Or, you know. He's taking neighborhood watch to a different level. <laughs> to a whole other level, dude. He's super He's, like, he's going to neighborhood watch you have sex. Yeah, Exactly. Oh, you're having sex? All right, I'm going to come over and shine a flashlight in your car. Yeah. Hey, can I watch? I'm yeah. part of the neighborhood watch. It's my responsibility to watch you and record you. No, it's exactly how, you're, how you just said it. That's how I kind of felt. Like, towards the end of watching that piece, I kind of feel like you're almost kind of like a voyeur with an issue. You know what I mean? A little bit. Yeah, that's how it kind of, you know, at first I was like, oh, yeah, crime fighting type stuff, you know, but then I was like, oh. Took it up a notch. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. So get the inside skinny and see Marty for yourself in the show notes. Check out that back catalog of episodes. Find out more about Carolina Brewing Company, the beer we're featuring, their brown ale this episode, and uh, all the other breweries we featured in the breweries we featured in the past. There's some delicious beers there, and uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of Beer Army Engaged. Rounds out. Beer Army Radio.